Hey everybody, this is Daniel Patrick, and this is episode number 44 of the Mandolin's Beer Podcast, brought to you in part by my favorite website, the Mandolin Cafe. It's also sponsored this week by Peghead Nation. Peghead Nation streaming video courses in mandolin, guitar, banjo, fiddle, dobro, ukulele, and bass. You'll learn bluegrass, old time, and other styles from some of the most talented players and instructors in roots music. PegheadNation.com features a great lineup of mandolin instructors with courses including... Beginning mandolin, intermediate bluegrass mandolin, and then of course her new uh, bluegrass fingerboard method, Sharon Gilchrist, bluegrass or bluegrass mandolin jam favorites, and the advancing mandolinist with Joe K. Walsh, Monroe style mandolin with Mike Compton, melodic mandolin tunes with John Reichman, chord melody mandolin with Aaron Weinstein, Irish mandolin with Marla Fibish, and theory for mandolin and fiddle with Chad Manning. Courses include high quality multi-angle video lessons, downloadable notation to tab, play along tracks. Plenty of tunes and songs to play. Join any of Peghead Nation's video courses now, and you get your first month free. Just go to pegheadnation.com and use the promo code MANDOLINBEER at checkout. All one word, MANDOLINBEER. It's also brought to you this week by a new sponsor, AnyTune. And uh, I am stoked to have AnyTune on board. They have uh, the best app for slowing down tracks and looping tracks and working and transcribing songs. I literally transcribe some part of some tune nearly every single day. And this app has made it so easy. Um, if Obviously, playing mandolin, the mandolin can get buried in mixes really, really easily, and it's, sometimes it's hard to hear exactly what's being played. So not, can you, not only can you do things like slow down and loop, but they have this this uh, feature called reframe where you can actually target in on the um, on where the instrument sits in a mix and actually isolate just the instrument. And so I thought I would give you a quick little example of this. Um, I've been working on fixing to die uh, Colonel Bruce Hampton with the incredible Matt Mundy playing mandolin on it. Uh, who's going to be a guest here in the future, by the way. Um, so I'm going to play you the, the portion of the song I was working on here without reframe on, so you can hear what it sounds like. There's drums and all sorts of stuff, but now... All the backing instrumentation is gone. It takes three seconds to do that it's amazing and the best part is you can get this app for free there are different pro versions but the app itself to start out and check it out is free so if you go to mandolinsbeer.com and you can go to the very front page under this episode or you can go to my sponsors page and i will have a link there and you should check it out it is going to change the way you transcribe tunes so thank you to AnyTune. I'm glad to have you on here as a sponsor, as a new sponsor to the Mandolins of Beer podcast. And I'm glad you all are listening. Thank you so much once again. Thank you for all the, the listens every week, the, the messages uh, to my patrons. Thank you so much. You can go to Mandolins of Beer's Patreon page and support the page through there. But again, the best way to do it is free. Just tell your friends and click like and subscribe. Maybe leave a review. Let's get into the episode here with Adrian from Northfield. What? A story. It, it's it's. This is definitely a great conversation. So I want to thank Adrian for taking the time. As you can uh, hear from this episode, he is a busy man. All right, now I'd like to welcome to the podcast Adrian Begale. How are you doing, Adrian? Great, Daniel. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Just uh, hanging in there as we all are at this time. <laughs> you know. 
I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start off with um, uh, how this, this pandemic has affected you because, I mean, obviously everyone's been affected by it, but you're affected by it in, in two different countries, you know? So how is this whole thing shaking out for you right now? Well, um, it's, uh, we're holding up well. I mean, to answer your question, um, it's been really interesting um, as it, I'm sure it has been for, for anyone um, looking at the, looking at it positively been quite interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We've been dealing with it for, for a long time. Um, Like you said, you know, we, we, we've got two different shops and two different places. And one of them is in, in Qingdao, which is way up in the Northeast part of China. And, um, you know, as everybody knows, that's, that's where it was, you know, the, the virus took hold first and, um, it was a long ways from where we are, thankfully. And, um, and it never really, uh, spread much at all in, uh, in and around, uh, Qingdao and, and generally in the Southern part of Shandong province. Um, but, it, it definitely disrupted things beginning back in in January. So wow. when we when we started to to really talk about it as a group and and start to prepare was right before the big um, Chinese New Year holiday. That's a time of a lot of preparation, anyways, because you know it's a national holiday, but it's a national holiday unlike anything we're used to. We're talking about like a two week span where the entire countries shut down but it's still even with being really prepared you know you you've got to jump through a lot of hoops to get things in order and 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 get ready but then you've got this this pandemic happening at the same time and and the news is starting to get out about it and 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 so there's a lot of guesswork you know it's a scary time you're trying to figure out the right move and what to do and Coincidentally, it's happening at exactly the same time as the Anaheim Nam show is happening here. So, so we're at the show in, in, in Anaheim or, you know, LA and we're, so we've got this big blitz of, of a trade show happening at the same time. So when you add all those things together, you know, new year holiday kind of shut down pandemic, that's really at the beginning. Now Woody's really sure of what's going to happen um, people are going to be traveling, and then everybody is has already traveled to this major international trade show in LA. <laughs> right. It's like, you know, so that's where it started for us. So it, it in in what is it now? About June. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Wow. So it's been a long thing, and uh, but you know, thankfully, everybody uh, we were far enough away and and things locked down very quickly um in uh, in and around where we are in, in Qingdao we we're really fortunate that no one got sick and, and nobody had to travel um to go home as so many people typically do and just about the time that things started to open back up um it, it started to hit here, you, wow. you know, on our, in our own sense, we were preparing for, for it to come here sure. to, to the U.S. Now, luckily we're, I mean, we're in Michigan and Michigan has been hit hard, especially the Southeast part, as you know, 
being from Michigan, you know, I'm sure you've been keeping an eye on what's happening here. Absolutely. Um, but we're like an hour and a half from Detroit and we're in the Southwest part. We're not, we're sort of in between the big cities of Ann Arbor and, and Kalamazoo, which are not really big cities, <laughs> uh, you know? And so we're, we're pretty far removed and, and it's been very in Calhoun County where we are, it's, it's been pretty light and it was really, really helpful to have different location and a different time zone um, and different capabilities in both shop. And we just stepped into another realm of collaborating wow. and what we could do um, in a minimal capacity in here and what they could do um, to sort of offset. And we were lucky. We, we all stayed very safe um, and we all stayed healthy and, uh, and we all stayed productive. Well, in times like this, you can't really ask for any more than that, <laughs> you know? No. And, and being, being productive would have been enough. We did not anticipate that people would, would turn to music in a time like, you know, a worldwide pandemic the way they definitely have. And so, you know, it just, that's what makes it so interesting you know we're, we're we're sort of the silver lining seekers you know just company-wide and to see this camaraderie amongst the the uh, general you know the audience and and the, the enthusiasts you know in, in this scene has been really heartwarming people are adjusting to things and and looking at it i mean in good times people turn to music in bad times people turn to music exactly so we're, we're really really lucky we have been able to focus and, and turn in inward and and uh, and reflect a whole lot and do some good work at, at the same time and we've been really encouraged by uh, what we what appears to be just this uh, sort of the continued surgence of, of the mandolin and in in all of this I mean you know it's it's quite an interesting thing to see yeah. such a niche so, you know such a what would appear to be such a niche, just be growing and continuing to grow and even growing at a time like this. Right. Man, what's interesting to me is how much Northfield has grown since it's come out. I, I can't really recall um, seeing, uh, especially in the mandolin world, a brand really take off to the to the point where it's in a, a lot of people's hands from you know, people just starting off to mid-level people to dudes like Mike Marshall, you know what I mean? And um, Emery Lester. And I would love to know the beginnings. Uh, how did, how did Northfield start? How does, how did, how's the story begin for Northfield? Yeah, it, uh, it has been, it has felt like a lifetime, but <laughs> it, um, it just, you're right. It has been a short period. Um, well, I mean, so Northfield, uh, I can go backwards a little bit before mm -hmm. Northfield. So a few of us had been um, working together for some years and, and developing instruments and and working for a larger company. And a lot of the story is out there, and, and um, I won't go too deep into it. But we we decided that we had done just so many projects that we couldn't take all the way to where we wanted. Uh, them to go and so we we sort of broke off and created our own company and um 
and decided to make uh, mandolins our, our focus. And and really, we're in pursuit of you know, the mandolin is is my sort of at my core of my my person and what I what I fell in love with of all stringed instruments that just kind of lit me on fire. And uh, and I was lucky enough to convince a couple buddies of mine, one one Chinese and one Japanese um, friend to say like, hey, I'm really addicted to the mandolin and I want to make some of the best mandolins in the world. And I wonder if you guys would <laughs> humor me. <laughs> You know, humor me and and let's let's go at it and let's do something really really meaningful and um and let's you know let's try our hardest to make it. Lucky for me, they were crazy enough to to, to do that. And what's really interesting, Northfield started in about as a group in 2007. We really didn't start to sell instruments until 2009. We didn't really have our our the instrument to where we wanted it. We didn't have our our so the idea of what our brand would be and who we were um who we were and 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 what we wanted to offer as mm -hmm. far as a product line and that sort of thing until until right before the ibma in 2009 which was in uh, nashville at that time and so we built a bunch of instruments as many as we could possibly make and we went down to the to uh to the show and my good friends um, and and my mentor, uh, Stan Werben, the owner of Elderly Instruments, uh, welcomed us and and welcomed the the instruments and and put them all on a table there to to uh, to show them. And I think we had completed nine uh, <laughs> that were that were ready and and were the way we wanted them. You know, had gone through all sorts of revisions, and we. Um, we did this thing where um, if you if you come and play all the instruments that we've got here, someone will help you through and we'll explain all the differences in the in the specs, et cetera. And uh, you can fill out this thing at the end of it and put it in this box along with the thousands of other people. And we'll draw a winner and someone will win this mandolin right here. And it was sort of our way of uh, announcing here we are, you know, let's see what people think. And it was a really good way to get everybody's feedback on what they thought of the instrument. Oh, wow. you know, whether, yeah. So it, it was, it was really interesting. Well, it was funny. Uh, we, um, we, the, the instruments just started selling and then like, you know, like all of a sudden, you know, it's just a three day show by the end of the three days, the day that we were going to do the the announcement, who won? Um, we had sold every instrument except for the one that was, you know, ready to to, to be given away. Oh, wow. And so it was nuts. So we and we did not expect that, and we were really psyched um, that that people liked the instruments so much, and they were taking a chance on a brand new company. The connection to elderly was was. Uh, was really a positive thing. Obviously, we couldn't have done it without them and without the endorsement of, of Stan and so without their help. I, I mean, we just wouldn't have had the presence. If you've ever you've been to an IBMA, I mean, the elderly booth is just like crazy. Right, right. <laughs> Everybody's going there, and so it just it worked really well. But um, lo and behold, the craziness hadn't even happened yet. We didn't realize what what was going to happen. Well, we do the we do this giveaway. We got like, 
I don't even know how many thousands of business cards, which I still <laughs> I still have them. Um, and um, they do the, this thing and and this gentleman wins. And he is a student at ETSU studying with Adam Steffi. Oh, wow. So he brings the mandolin to his lesson. And that day. And it's the day before Thanksgiving. I get an email from uh, from Adam saying, hey, my, my student just brought this mandolin to his lesson and it's killer and I want one. And like you guys are doing fantastic work and how can we get together? And, you know, I was just shell shocked. I thought I, I had to like put his name into Google to make sure it was that Adam stuff. <laughs> <laughs> As a shoe salesman from, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, you know that can happen, right? You know, Absolutely. Like, so I, I put it in there. It turned out it was him, and uh, I went down to uh, I went down to Nashville. He came over from uh, Jonesville, uh, over where the university is. Met me at this. Uh, my friend had a house there, um, right off Music Row, and we we hung out. Actually, Stan Werben came with me. And oh, wow. he had he had a, like a fern and a lower and and we were just going to do this like mando taste test, and I had a few of our brand new brand new batch of of, of Northfields like the next instruments after the IVMA where we <laughs> sold them all, and uh, he um, he was just so cool and and really liked the instrument and needed an instrument to go to go into the studio the next week, Whoa. so. He got a mandolin. We um, he went into the studio. He recorded the first Boxcars album. Um, that's the the band he was. He had just um, stopped playing in the Dantominski group, and then you know formed the Boxcars. <laughs> Went in, did the album. So, like, within, I don't know, like, two months, there's an album. Uh, he's writing about how he's playing this, you know, Northfield F5. And then, of course, Adam's out there on, on a weekly basis playing to just thousands of people. And uh, and that's that just lit the fuse. I mean, from that point, it's been sort of like holding on to a rocket ship. And we um, we owe a tremendous amount. Um, it's sort of like, you know, we were prepared for great luck to happen. We just didn't expect for it to. And, <laughs> and it has continued to happen um, for the last more than 10 years. And um, we have just put ourselves out there in a way that I think... Um, maybe some some other makers either don't have the time to do or or don't um you know don't have the don't have the time to either develop the instruments or take constructive criticism and refine things and we've just been really hungry for that because to, to me that is the ultimate form of um of collaboration is in working with in, in our case we're able to We've been able to work with heroes of ours in trying to refine a tool 
that we are mutually obsessed about and just gain an insight that is just, you know, it's sort of generally the intangible, you know, like how, what do you think about this? And what do you think about this? And, you know, you get certain answers and no, I mean, if you can actually go and hang out and sit down and, um, you know, I, I probably spent a hundred hours in that early days with, with Adam, just talking nothing but mandolins and handing mandolins to him and getting them back. And I've probably spent thousands for sure thousands and thousands of hours with with mike marshall doing exactly the same thing and really you know stepping up development and 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 it's all because you know artists and other builder friends that that are also heroes of ours uh, have been willing to share information and with the idea that we would do something with that information and we have <laughs> we yeah. we every single time we gain some some piece of info we info we are ready to try it so you know that, i think that's really at the heart of i mean where we started and why we continue to grow so our instruments are absolutely better than they were um at the very beginning and um when you think about the fact that at the very beginning we were working with a, a living legend like Adam, right, and to come, you know, more than a decade taking that info, and it it has to make you better. And I believe it it really it has. It it it's sort of like the thing with at the beginning was sort of like booking the gig before you know the material. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, I do know. <laughs> you do know. And that's where that is sort of the, the ethos of our company is just this ragtag band of of people that that is you know some of us are songwriters some of us you know book the gigs some of us you know can craft the absolute best part of of you know the, the breakdown and, and or the you know um we just have all this, this multifaceted way of approaching working in a band mm -hmm. and um and and, you know, I'm definitely the one that puts the cart way before the horse. So <laughs> I am definitely the one that is, you know, willing to book the gig before we've got the material. And we joke about building an airplane while you're flying it, <laughs> while you're designing the next airplane, while you're flying that. And it's not flying by the seat of your pants as much as it as it's that creative energy that happens when you 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 add a little bit of that that pressure and if anything the the market has has really um encouraged that and and it's just kept us going and it's just forced us to get better um more rapidly than than and and we're you know than it, than it might have been otherwise and we're really lucky for that one thing i think that is most impressive especially in the mike marshall um realm of things so mike marshall obviously has you know a lore mandolin but the one thing i notice in all things of mike or it could be a live video it can be a promo picture it could be he's always got that northfield with him and i'm telling you man like as a being a musician like a you know i listened to rock when i was younger how many musicians i've seen who say they endorse an instrument but are still playing you know the, that original yeah. 
And he's out there with that Northfield or w- whatever Northfield he's using at the time. It's, he's always with it. And I think that says more than anything because, you know, in a, in a world where people will be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I use this, but they don't really use it. You know what I mean? They're just a face on a, p- a poster. He yeah. really uses it. <laughs> yeah. He, it, that's amazing. He really does. And, and, and actually, you know, that that is something that comes up from time to time, you know, in a thread somebody will send me, you know, where it's it's just like, yeah, that, that typical question as to whether or not people really – you know, endorsing means using the product, using the instrument, or mm-hmm. or sort of faking it and having a really nice headshot that you put on the right, you know, on the website and that sort of thing. I mean, if from the beginning, these people that we have worked with have used the instruments and have recorded with the instruments. I'm downtown in our in our downtown showroom right now. There's a rack of of cds and albums that we we have here at the shop for when we can open you know for people to get all of them are are recorded with instruments that that we made and i mean it has been yeah it's been a it's sort of a life-changing thing and that is an ultimate goal is for for people to really use these tools in not just performing but but archiving in recording and to to like you know have something that lasts forever that we can then go back to as a reference and listening to the way that instrument was recorded and you know knowing what it was recorded with and where and with whom and what the instrumentation was like and we really use that if if it was just like you know for a photographic moment we'd never know like what happens when you take this new F5 to Iceland and then the next day take it to Southern Italy and then the next day fly to Telluride and do that. And then the next day and so on and so (laughs) forth. And with, with somebody like Mike, we, we have gotten that information right up front and you find out that like, Oh, you know what we need to do? We need to, we need to lighten this up or we needed to go a little heavier on this, or we need this, you know, we, we should build in some, um, stability uh, in, in this area, in this case, and and so we get we get feedback. Um, and Mike is is really using these these instruments as, as well as Emery and 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 several others to to you know to really put these instruments through their paces so they can share that information. And I, I I'm really proud of the fact that 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 you know, like Mike is, is willing to do that after having sort of the archetype, not sort of the archetype of the <laughs> right. band, and never having recorded or played anything but that instrument since 1979 when he got it. And, and to jump in with both feet and say, no, I'm going to put this instrument through its paces or whichever, you know, specific example as this project evolves. And he has, and he has done that since day one, of this now almost six year project together. And it has made these instruments way better. And he has said, and I really believe that every time he takes a new one on the road, which ends up being about once a year um, or once every 18 months, um, it's a better mandolin than the one he leaves with us. And, uh, you know, 
that I'm really proud of. But, but I'll also say this for, for anyone that, that questions whether or not, you know, an artist has is fallen out of love with with their Northfield mm -hmm. because they don't happen to have it on that gig that they go to see him play. I would say that we wouldn't know any of these musicians or be anywhere even close to where we are if those musicians weren't obsessed about the gear the same way we are. And to be obsessed means a lot of instruments going through the stable, changing hands. You like this one for this voice and this one for this voice or this one for this color or whatever. And it's like, you know, if people stop trying new instruments and also sharing that information with us, you know, by different builders and, and you know, from different years, et cetera, you know, the whole thing sort of stops. Right, right. <laughs> we, start, we, we start, you know, and we only came to it and got interested in making mandolins because we had played all these great instruments by other people. And we continue to buy and use and 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 put through the paces instruments by other builders um to this day i mean i'm not gonna stop and and you know doing that and and participating in what got me involved in it to get you know coming from the origins of elderly where you just sign your paycheck over every week <laughs> because there's something cool to play you know what i mean yeah, absolutely it, it, you know, it's that's the spark, and we have to get that, and we have to see that, and it, it, it it's so funny the way a lot of these these threads will go, where it's just like you know, oh, he didn't have his Northfield, I guess that's done, I guess that's uh, over, dude. you know, and then it, then it becomes just like, well, look, we never even did this to be in the position where this artist was going to. That's not what we did it for. And it's just a collaboration that happened. And for every one of the artists we have that that we are lucky enough to say we are affiliated with, um, we we have worked together to create something different. Right. That work, works for for a specific application or 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 just works better for them universally inside of the music that they want to create. And you know, it's it's just. Uh, it, it's a beautiful thing. And I mean, if people didn't have all these different instruments, it just, it wouldn't be nearly as fun. <laughs> if somebody's taking the time to post something like that or to take time to send you a negative email or a negative comment, you're doing something right. <laughs> you're, yeah. You've got somebody's attention. So for every one of those threads where they're like, oh, so-and-so didn't have his Northfield, that's, you know what, you got their attention. I got to give a shout out to Scott Titchener, who is in some some points throughout the year, my therapist. <laughs> I've also had some therapy sessions with Scott. <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we it's it's a lot of fun. He's the and, best. And that, and, he's a bit, and, and that that forum, I will say, is an amazing resource of information. And it, it, it praises and it encourages and it critiques in all exactly the same ways that I said just a second ago that we're constantly asking for. Mm -hmm. And so when you're asking for it, you get it. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's like sometimes, you know, you get it. And uh, yeah, it's just the, it, 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 it's okay. It's all, it's all, it's all good. Sometimes it can be frustrating, but, but other times it can be 
beautifully rewarding and, and reassuring. So when when you started this, when you knew you you pitched this idea to your to your two friends, what was your vision of the mandolin that you wanted to represent? Because you know, there's so many out there, obviously. What is like the was it a sound, a feel, a look? What was it that really you were like, I know I can make this vision in my head? Well, I, yeah, I, I can't take all the credit for pushing the idea of the thing. I, I was my my two friends. They they were really adamant about um, about making instruments and and making some mandolins together because they knew that's what really lit me on fire and we had just done a project that where we really came together on it for for a mandolin for another company and we had gone in the trenches together and had really worked hard they were coming to me with with the idea that they knew i was so obsessed and could and really encouraging me to sort of amp it up and push it to where to where I could see it like what you're asking me where what what the vision would be mm-hmm. and knowing that that I really had the uh, the association to the to the mandolin crowd in, in this in this country and um and just you know had grown up playing music around fireplace and um and you know really had it just more history with the, the instrument and, and the music. Um, and I mean, what was in my head were, was a couple things. One was that I wanted to create um, as, as good of a, of a modern day mandolin with its, with its history, its roots in Michigan, where I had been living before I moved to California and then to to Qingdao and had had so much experience with it there had working you know living and going to school and to college and also working at elderly and being surrounded by all these great old instruments made mm-hmm. in Kalamazoo I I had the the, the Kalamazoo mandolin like in my head you know? <laughs> yeah I I just knew that um and, and I was really into playing stuff like bluegrass and and um various types of world music um and and traditional you know music from scandinavia from you know british isles and um, had spent a lot of time in ireland and who were some of the uh, cds we would have found as we say cds back then but who are some of the cds we would have found you spinning back then when you were you know uh, that were really inspiring you mandolin wise definitely some grisman quintet yeah when it came to mandolin stuff, Grisman really, and, and the very first quintet album really became um, th- my reasons for, for falling in love with the mandolin. We were, a, a, my, my father's a jazz musician um, and uh, a drummer, and um, we listened to a lot of jazz. And before I was into the mandolin, and I still am very much into the guitar and um I think you could probably sum up my uh, sort of the soundtrack to my upbringing with Pat Metheny. Oh, cool. I mean, that, that was uh, like what we listened to on every road trip wow. everywhere. Nice. Family. And um, through, through that music, um, 
you know, we got really into uh, anything that that Bela Flack was doing and then through the quintet and into anything that any of the members of the quintet, including Mike and, and Daryl and Tony and on and on and on. And so that became sort of the, the CD uh, collection and the album collection. And so all that music and all that, all, all the, the tones around that um, were, were really what I had in my head is trying to trying to re reproduce that sort of tone mm. um but one album that really lit me on fire was um was this album that that john reichman and um butch baldessari did uh, travelers with with robin bullock you know that's so that, good yeah that that cd um became like my reference for what the mandolin tone is supposed to sound like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, it was like required listening in, in the beginnings of the company still is the opening track in the set of tunes on that album. Um, Old French is like, it's like our company song. I've gotten to know John Reichman and uh, and I've seen him at a lot of camps and and uh, last year he came to our Marshall Mandolin Summit and he was an instructor here and I got to pick old French with him oh. you know in between classes and it, we had joked about it the fact that the, that that tune and that arrangement in that recording it it mean is so meaningful to to the tone so that was what was in my head um, in terms of of tonality and so then you know really deep diving on an f5 and knowing the, the the popularity of that design and and the challenge in making that instrument um and doing it a, a, you know doing a really good job at making it would sort of create the niche inside of you know any sort of business plan that we would have um you get it's just, just really really hard to make a a, a really really good f5 <laughs> right it, it's maybe you know it's one of the hardest fretted instruments to make but no question it's just a very complicated instrument with a lot of uh detail and 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 and, and physics and geometry and everything <laughs> up into one um the other thing i really had in my head was was about the kind of company that we wanted to create and um and the, the the culture inside of this already multinational, multilingual uh, organization, you know, with a, just the three of us alone, what you know, what that would look like, and how differently we would do it, um, based on all the experience that I had already had working with um, international companies that you know, had a home base somewhere and had a manufacturing place, another, um, or multiple manufacturing places. And, um, I really wanted to do that differently and I wanted everyone to have a share in it. And I wanted, um, 
I wanted everyone to be to coming from a place where we could all learn from each other and, you know, more sets of eyes, more sets of hands was going to make a better instrument, not just in a more efficient manufacturing outfit, you know, mm-hmm. and that was really, really important to me. And I'm, I'm very happy and I'm proud to say we've, we've done it. And it, it, it's a challenge, you know, we had to create a man to do it right. We had to create a, a culture of mandolin and acoustic guitar or acoustic music, um, a culture of that in Qingdao. Now, in Michigan, it's already here. Mm-hmm, right, you know, right. And, and a lot of people ask, like, you know, how could anybody make a great instrument that doesn't have any attachment to it? You know, that that's always something that people sort of, you know, generalize about, you know, anybody making a mandolin that doesn't live in the United States. Right. <laughs> right. right? That's pretty much the way it gets generalized. Like, how could they have a love for it? You know, and there's this generalized thing where where you know it seems like people can't do good things unless they're in love with what they do and and to a certain extent i I agree with that so we had to create that culture and we went completely um out of of the way of sort of the efficiency business model to try to do just that and that meant well first i came to it from guitar so the first thing we've got to do is get everybody playing guitar so so that there'd be some an accompaniment and because the the guitars are are easier to come by there you know we can buy them we don't have to make them <laughs> right and we know a lot of great guitar builders and um we've got to have um uh, so so we hired a, a guitar teacher we started doing lessons which we still do to this day oh, and wow. after i gotta say 12 years everybody's picking and we we had to um create the fire ring outside, you know, to have a campfire style uh, picking, which is how most of us come to this music at all, right? That's why right. the festivals are such an important part of, of, of the music and, and, and the culture and uh, of, of that music in our own country. So we made gardens, made a campfire, had, you know, these guitar lessons going on, and then little by little started to introduce you know, uh, he, you know, of course, from day one, everyone was, tr- you know, we had mandolins as part of the mix, but it's it's much harder to find in a mandolin teacher in China. Oh, yeah. I bet. Than it, so so and, and it's really important that you're not just sending lessons by, you know, let's say an American player and then trying to translate what they've said into another language and then, you know, it's just it's difficult. So we, we had to start making lessons for the mandolin in uh, Chinese. And actually, that's something that we are very involved in right now, um, because the mandolin is because of all of this, um, you know, sort of trying to create this this culture and all the investment we've made in it. There is a mandolin thing that is about to happen there. That is <laughs> and, so cool. Um, so we we have and and we have not let up on on that and uh it's been really really rewarding to see um just you know to see people from the other side of the world really get bit by the mandolin bug 
and genuinely and and wanting to play tunes. And I can't tell you how gratifying it is to go over there. I was just I was in Qingdao with my whole family um, for for about five weeks in the fall and sat around that campfire and played music. And it was like being in my backyard and to have all these people that I've come to know and come to know their children and everything sit around and pick old French. I mean, dude, I mean, that's, that's why we do this. <laughs> I mean, that is so cool. That's why I do it. That was, that was the vision inside of my head. And it, it's not done by any means. It's just sort of at its infancy but stage, but it, but it's, it's really happening and it's happening genuinely. It's really a beautiful thing to see happening. So how'd you uh, come up with the name Northfield? Northfield. Well, the first guitar shop that I ever fell in love with was in Schoen Place in Rochester, New York, and it was called Northfield Music. Oh, wow. That was, that's the main reason. But it was also that, you know, we used to travel uh, and live growing up on the east side of the country. We used to travel up through Vermont all the time. There was an overlap there. I was trying to go back to my first musical experiences being on the road with my dad's folk group tinker creek and going up to see them play at the starstock music festival and running through northfield vermont and then you know the other thing is is like well there's a bunch of us on this team it sure as heck isn't going to say my name on that <laughs> and it's not going to say anybody else's name so we had to come up with a thing and you know you're always looking for these direct translations that work well um and and the idea of, of of north field well we're we're in the north part so so is our shop in michigan so is our shop in Qingdao. we're sitting out on the north side of this rural you know or agricultural area with a north field we got it's same thing in both places so you know that was it just felt like you know the, something that was universal to to the whole group um and you know it, it's it just conjures up this idea right of, of of sitting out on your porch and looking across the land and and picking a tune that's where it came from and yeah. so let's let's talk real quick here what's uh what was the story behind the calhoun model well um it started out as um, an idea to make an instrument for um, the audience that is just now really starting to take hold in um, in China. Actually, <laughs> we we wanted to make a, an instrument that um, was simpler and uh, you know really would put to test our our new shop. Now I got to go backwards for just a second and, sure. and, and talk about how things have evolved in Michigan. You know, it, the, the Michigan shop started in my basement of my house. So we had the Qingdao shop when I was, you know, being built when I lived there. And when I left there, we needed another shop here in Michigan. And that started on the lower level of my house. Then I think, um, my neighbors and my wife probably got tired of the FedEx truck coming all the time. And <laughs> we had to move downtown where a building became uh, available. And that's when we moved downtown, we, we built a full functioning um, shop 
and with a wood shop in the in the basement and then a couple different workshops in in the building and we were able to uh really work on on building instruments uh and uh in a in a larger capacity and that's when the you know the idea for the model m and the calhoun started to be developed and um you know we had ideas for those for that instrument for different audiences than it turned out to be um but uh, the calhoun really started to take form and and really started to get you know to turn into something that i thought was going to be a great mandolin for for this market as well when we started to do the uh the marshall mandolin summit and and once i got interested in um you know both you know on-site you know camp you know sort of gathering and and developing this app that we created for the for the um uh, the summit um and in the ideas of how that could be used for with you know online you know le learning which at the same time was just kind of going you know you just think about online education that's probably the fastest growing part of any industry and <laughs> right. definitely and definitely this one um especially now uh, as a result of everything that's happened over the last two months but um yeah, it it started. So we got this idea to to finish up a batch of them and and put them together for the summit, and we did the same. We did the same thing where we made a batch of them and we offered up two for a giveaway to raise uh, money for scholarships and and to give one away to um, somebody that was uh, participating in our camp as a way of saying, hey, thanks a lot for. For, for coming to do this and um again same good luck it lit the, the fuse got lit and and it became really popular and um at that same time we had just expanded into some other shops uh, we kind of outgrew the downtown place as a, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a workshop and got ourselves a little bit more of an industrial setup on industrial road um, which is just like a quarter mile from the shop I'm sitting in right now, which we still have. And um, uh, you, we were able to set up an even more, uh, you know, sophisticated um, site with more capabilities. And so the popularity from the, from the Calhoun at the, um, at the summit really pushed us into, into doing it. And uh, we, uh, we did this inter not an inter I guess it was an interview. It was a, an article that was on the cafe um, about you know sort of the launching of of the new Michigan shop and the three instruments we were targeting to build there. One was the Calhoun, one was the uh, our flat top octave mandolin, and the other was our fourth generation F5. And uh, we uh, we released them kind of all at one time and. Uh, the Calhoun really caught fire early with with students and also people that were really interested in a having a flat top mandolin like an old Army Navy. It's it, we we call it our entry level. It's it's the entry point into the Northfield line of instruments. It's still a thousand dollars, and so some you know almost a thousand dollars. So for some, it's it's not what they would consider an entry level price point, you know, because you can you could get. 
$125 mandolin outfit, right? Well, right. But, yeah. Well, you, you but, can. But, <laughs> but, you can. Mandolin, <laughs> one of those mandolin-shaped objects. Yeah. But we, we, uh, we really approach this instrument the way we, we approach other instruments, you know, anything that we've, we've built in, in areas where we think we can improve. Um, so, so in doing this army Navy style flat top, you know, we, we wanted to put an adjustable truss rod on it. Um, we wanted to put an adjustable bridge. We wanted to brace it so that the top wouldn't sink over time, put a real tailpiece on it instead of one of those little clamshell things that you definitely don't want to try to change a string on the fly. (laughs) (laughs) So make an instrument that was performance ready. But was at a price point where somebody could enter into, you know, getting a, an instrument um, that, you know, didn't totally break the bank um, or, or somebody that wanted an additional instrument that knows the history of that design and wants to take it with them, um, you know, to their campfire and 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 play it and, and not take their seventy five hundred dollar fortune. <laughs> right. Uh, F5, you know, so. Um, yeah, it's been a really cool thing, and and I think it's just getting getting started. Yeah. Um. To, and what the possibilities are, because the mandolin is more popular now than it's ever been since we've been doing this, and we we came into the whole market during the last major economic downturn. I mean, we were all developing, ready to go, ready to hit the scene, and 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 start participating in the market. Um, and then, you know, the end of 2008, 2009 hit and right. You know what? So it's actually, this pressure has just propelled us up to this point. That's why I feel like we're going to get through all of this and, um, and to see, you know, beginner players and, and, and the thing becoming more and more and more popular, um, it's just a really good sign. You know, um, what's what's your uh, uh, flag? What would you consider your flagship model as far as uh, um, the, the the model that is the you, you think the most popular, the one that just seems to blow out most often for you? The two instruments, I would say, in our that are sort of in the mid uh, in, in the middle of our line, which mm-hmm. are the the F five S and and our and our Big Mon model. Yeah. Those, those are, and those are the ones that we have at all of our of, of the dealers that we we work with, you know, around this country and in a few different parts of the world, and they're designed to be instruments that are available more often, and um, and really are definitely the most most popular and that we that we see the most you know the most sales on and we you know get more in, information from players and that are going worldwide. So I'd say those, those are. Um, you know, and the, the instruments are all sort of designed for a different, um, different audience. And when you get up into our top of the line, you know, those are really where our, a lot, all the artist collaboration is happening. And that's where we're really working is we know we're working with musicians that have been around the block a few times and, <laughs> and are, you know, know what spec they want. I mean, we're, we're trying to make with the artist series, uh, a tool that is different from, from the archetype, you know, lower signed F5 that Mike is was playing constantly it wasn't to like try to recreate that same instrument it was try to do something different that's where the whole um difference in design with the five bar tone bar and 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 a different 
shaping it, you know, just sort of like another gener, you know, generation of a mandolin for us. But but those are more expensive and are made in a, in a smaller quantity and and are not, you know, are available nearly as much. Only they they are more available than they were in 2015 when we when we started. But but they don't, you know, they, we're we're making more. Um, uh, of the other of the other instruments because there's more of a of, of a turnover and an audience. Yeah, and then um, two questions. I probably should have asked this one earlier on, but this one I, I I don't know if there's really even like a short answer to this one. But I mean, the difference between uh, like the construction between China and then Michigan. How does that like models start there? They build them there. They send them to you. How does that process work? Well, yeah, that is a very, that is a long, yeah, be a that long might be a second, that might be a second episode. The story is so amazing uh, and talking <laughs> to you is so great. Like, I, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I guess I don't even think like, I oh think, yeah, it's all this stuff going on between two shops, but you know. Yeah, it, it's, it, it really comes down to like every model is different. And I would say this, that I, I have spent a lot of time writing about the different models and the different, like who does what and where and mm -hmm. why and that sort of thing. And a lot of that information is right on our website. That's what I kind of figured by doing some research with them. Like somebody's going to send me an email and say, why didn't you, <laughs> why didn't you ask them about? No, no. You know, so. And I can, I can kind of explain it, but, but let me say on our, on our website, when you go to the, the mandolin section, there's it's like the first menu item on the nav bar and you pull it down there's an overview and then there's this other thing right underneath it that says how northfield works and it talks it was more of an explanation of of the origin of each thing because when i mean that I, I, when i say that i mean like where is stuff made and you know how does that corroborate to the label that's inside the instrument yeah, you know, so th that, that'd be the easier thing, I think, for everybody to hear then is this, if they go to manlessbeer.com, I'll have a link, or go to Northfield's website, and y you've obviously spent a lot of time putting those descriptions in there, so just go to that link if you want to find out more information than that. I think that's the easiest route to go. It's 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 really hard. I mean, you could go one by one each month. That's, <laughs> what, I, that's what I do on the on the, um on the website perfect I mean, is it easy no <laughs> is, it, is it always efficient probably not but is it is it the most rewarding setup for us as a group definitely that's great so, and 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 pick up an instrument and play it and feel it and hear it that's what's you know what i mean that again that because what it all comes down to at the the end of the day if 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 you love mandolin you're going to go and look at a wall of mandolins you're going to pick up each one of those mandolins. Like I used to do it elderly all the time. I probably bought a mandolin from you or at least saw you there before. I used to go there all the time. And, um, you know, that's what makes a difference. That's what's going to sell a mandolin in my mind at the end of the day is you're going to pick it up, you're going to play it, and you're going to buy what feels and sounds the best, period. That's what that's what we believe, and that's why we, we just stick to the way we, we, we do things. Um, when we opened up all of the – the, the shops here in Michigan, you know, the first question every, you know, anyone that was really genuinely concerned about the origin of things, you know, they, their first presumption was that we would close everything in, in Qingdao and we would move it all here to the States. Like they were reading it off a, a headline on the, on the news feed. <laughs> and we, and we, you know, I was like, no, 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 no. Just because, it, you know, these are our friends. I mean, we're all friends. Uh, this is one company. 
It's 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 two teams in two different places, but it's one unit. And we're not just doing this uh, based on some sort of recipe for international business. You know, we we don't work like that. We we won't work like that. Um, it's not about the, the dirt under your feet. It's about the person making or the group of people making that instrument. That's what matters. And then ultimately, right, if, if you did it correctly, then, <laughs> then your experience when you when you pick that thing up is that it, it feels great. It sounds great. The workmanship is obvious. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and you can make you know new music on it. Um you know, without having to fight the thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's our, that's really the ethos that we, we operate on. And you got a stack of CDs, uh, proving it. <laughs> stack of yeah, CDs, in some ways, it, man. Yeah. In some ways that is proof, you know, it's a great, it's a great tool. And you like, I'd like to hear what, uh, the, the big mom sounds like versus the F5S. Okay. Well, we'll send you Adam's new primitive, and these tracks are recorded with this mandolin and these tracks are recorded with this mandolin and you can hear the difference or, you know, Mike and, and Daryl's new album, Da Capo. recorded since uh since 1979 with a different mandolin now he's always used the monte cello you know but he's this is the first time he's used an f5 that's not the f5 right right and and it's all with a fourth gen f5 so it, which is a newer instrument for for our lineup so somebody wants to hear what one of these sounds like well here you go. Check this out. And, you know, listen to this entire album recorded with it. And, uh, you know, forget, you know, the name on the mandolin for a second and, and, and just listen. And if, if you like what this sounds like, um, you know, one thing I will say about our, our setup and the why we do the things we do is that consistency is the number one um, goal. And, and you, you know, if we weren't consistent, we we would have been out of business a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, and having different people doing different things and looking at them inside of their own world with their, at their discretion makes it possible. Some people would argue that that's what enters in all this error. But when you have zero turnover and you have you know this uh, you know intense ownership of your skill, um, you know our acoustic designer. Kosuke Kiyomori, who's the Japanese fellow I mentioned at the beginning of this interview, is so unbelievably knowledgeable and consistent in his approach to achieve specific tone, tonal characteristics inside of a design that we are able to do this kind of development um, and, and keep pushing forward. And when we set our target on making something sound different from something else, maybe based on what an artist has asked for, um, I feel like we have a very, very good chance of being able to do that. And then maintaining that 
recipe that we came up with to achieve it consistently from that day on. Um, and I think that that's, that's a really important uh, advantage that comes as a result of our, our, our model nice. and, and, uh, and, and our organization. Bam. That's great. Well, this has been this has been such a <laughs> this has been such a great conversation, man. This is a pleasure. I hope I'm not wearing you. Out. No, not at all. <laughs> I, but I do, I, I do have one more question though, because it is mandolins and beer. Yeah. Do, do yeah. you do you have a uh, do you have a particular beer that you enjoy? Well, I am partial to the hoppy beers, mm -hmm. and. Um, I am an IPA drinker myself, um, and I'd have to say that my favorite beer on the planet, let's go back to, to my New York roots, is the Ithaca Brewing Company's Flower Power IPA. Oh, nice. That, that is, got all of the nuance for the, you know, the flowery nose and that, that citrusy Simcoe hop that just wants to wallop you know it's sort of the the beer that you know like some people can't even handle how <laughs> hoppy and, and citrusy it is but it's one of those kind of on the way to a grapefruit soda beer you know yeah no kidding yeah ithaca brewing company's flower power i'm gonna check it out and see if they carry Shout it out, out to them. yeah those are my that's that's my favorite and i'm also interested in in uh these days, very interested in everybody's versions of the NA beers because I'm uh, I'm prone to getting more work done if I, if <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, and and those um and some there's been a lot of development in those in those beverages with uh, e even in the microbrew sense yeah and some pretty cool ones and out in San Francisco they're having like a and a beer revolution. There was like a whole case of them when I went to this place called Gus's that had just every different kind. And I mean, they're a little different. When you try to make an IPA without any alcohol in it, yeah, it doesn't really work out. For but sure. if, you, if you want to make like, you know, that Heineken thing, man, that Heineken Zero, man, I can I can like do all my yard work and kill my honey-do list and get it all done and then have a few of those and still go and kick, pick the kids up from the soccer field. Yeah, exactly. Those are that, those are pretty tasty, man. They, they, they're they pretty cool. That, them and Bex, actually, too. The Bex yeah, NA is Bex surprisingly too. good. So You know, I, I think I'm, I'm just prone to trying out things that people tell you you can't do. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That, that might be the headline. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's sort of what I'm after. It's like you say you can't do that. You can't do it well. Yeah. Love the watch. Oh, yeah. I'm going to try. Anyways. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'll try. Man. Yeah. Well, dude, thank yeah. you so much for taking the time here on a Sunday uh, from yes, your busy yeah. schedule to do this. No, I'm happy to do it. I'm really really happy to be a part of this and love the podcast and, and love what you're doing and sharing all this great mandolin stories and info and all the artists that you've you've interviewed it's like that you know it's to be to be able to do this oh thanks man well i'm psyched cool. to have you on i've been debating doing builder ones and this is definitely uh uh this is this has been a highlight this has been great well cool let's uh let's just keep talking absolutely man when they don't lock us down anymore, maybe I'll see you up here in Michigan one of these days. For sure. All right. Thank you so much to Adrian. What an incredible story, man. That was great. 
Um, thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe, leave a comment, go to my Patreon if you get a chance, and uh, cheers, everybody. Talk to you all next week.